Yes, love. What's going on, man? Not a lot, man. Not a lot. Just, uh, just the usual. Preparing to 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 play and and uh, recovering from the previous. So yeah, it's it's all good. Um, and this this little bit this month as well. So just just trying to do juggle juggle plates and spin keep plates spinning. But yeah, we're all good. All good. Yeah, the, the pink is back, and and I wanted to have a chat with you. Um, because to be honest, like me and you have a good relationship, and you're always up for this. But um, I wanted to have a chat with you during Pink October, so we can spread the word. Yeah. What is it? Like, what 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 is it? The whole premise behind you doing Pink October, and where did it start? For those that don't know. Um. So it's it was a, an idea that was kind of born, uh, probably about eight years ago now, uh, in my own mind. And around the time that it was born, it was a case of like just wearing pink boots. Ooh. And at that point, pink boots weren't really a thing. There was obviously the, the berry mercurial fours, I think they were. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of it. And when they turned up, it was like shock and awe. Like what is going on? These, these, these boots, are they're just bright pink. What, what's going on? Mm. Um, so originally it was just the boots and then when it got to the point of me actually being known as a footballer enough that I could do this and make something of it, um, my hair was blonde. So it was like, right, should we do the hair? And initially I was like, no, 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 we're not doing the hair. No chance are we doing the hair. The hair's not going pink. That's just ridiculous. Mm. Um, but the pink boots just didn't seem like it was enough. So we eventually went with a hair. We did it. We took the plunge. We went pastel pink two years ago. Um, and I remember because I, I decided pastel pink rather than a, a bright pink like this because it's like I could almost like kind of just play it off. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than I got a pink mop on my head. Mm. Like, so it was one of them. Um, but last year we decided to go shock and all pink. Um, and this year we tried a new colour, which, if you ask me, is good, but it's not as good as last year's colour. So I've already spoken to my hairdresser and we've we've decided next year we're going, like, luminous pink. Like, you'll see my head glowing in the dark. <laughs> and the whole reasoning for it is is my own family, to be honest with you. Um, so my nan had cancer when i was a little bit younger and she beat it thankfully and she's she's with us still now um which is which is nice because i'm one of the lucky ones in in that respect um but she was the reason behind the whole thing the start of it and it kind of just snowballed from there so i'll be honest i do what i do from almost like a selfish seed mm -hmm. where the initial thought was my family and my situation. And, and in that, in that way, it's kind of a little bit selfish, but it's kind of grown into a, a footballing community getting involved in it. And that's what I wanted was more people involved and more people raising awareness. And I mean, this year for me, the awareness side of it is bigger than ever uh, because of everything that's happened in, in the world it's very difficult to kind of go around asking people for money and saying like, can you donate, please? Can you donate, please? When, pe when people haven't even got jobs mm -hmm. and some people aren't even, um, what's the term, 
food secure, as yeah. it were. Um, so it's very difficult this year to be going around saying, like, can we have your money, please? Please give us some money. Like, can you donate and, and blah, blah, blah. So this year I've, I've said, like, I want to go heavy on the awareness and, and have as many conversations with as many different people as I possibly can. So that when it comes around to next year and hopefully things are back to normal and we've got fans back in the stadiums and life is more normal, mm -hmm. that we can then say, right, like, that please can everyone donate as much as they can, uh, human, as much as is humanly possible for them to, to donate, whether it's a penny or a pound or 10 pounds, you know what I mean? So that's why this year I just want to have as many conversations with as many different people as I possibly can and just kind of get out there that this is a thing and it's going to be bigger now because of the the loss of fundraising through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. So Cancer Research UK, who are the biggest in cancer research in this country, they've lost 165 million wow. in, in funding just simply by people not being able to fundraise. And it's kind of set them back uh, on their original goal, which was to have uh, three of four cancer patients survive. Mm -hmm. So that is their goal. That is their their um, their mission statement, I suppose. Um, and because of the lack of funding this year, it's kind of put everything back a little bit and they're on a the back foot and, and it's difficult. But with everyone coming together as a community, we, we, can, we can kind of try and plug that gap over a period of time um and and hopefully we'll get to a point where three out of four four out of five five out of six nine out of ten people who who have to deal with cancer are survivors yeah and that well said man and, and i totally totally respect that and one of, one of the things i like personally about you even away from pink october you know you use your platform for good always and um, how important is it for you as someone who has a platform? How important is it for you to just use your platform for good and actually use it to spread awareness about things like cancer research and everything? It's so important. Um, look, at the end of the day, for footballers, we have, we have a global audience. We have uh, uh, an audience in and around the, the the football clubs we play for. So in my instance, Nottingham here, when I was at Charlton, in and around South East London, there was a, a following and, and a, a, a number of people who knew what I was doing and supported me in what I was doing. So we have a following and it's very, very easy. And I'm, look, I'm not taking shots at anyone, mm -hmm. but it's very easy for us as footballers to have our own clothing brands, um, hat collections, uh, I dare say supplements and and kind of kind of push that agenda on people. But I decided that I thought this is what's important to me is my family. So what is then subsequently important is then having those people around me for as long as possible. And I think they're talking about one in two people are going to suffer from cancer. They're going to have to deal with it. So if it's one in two, and then we have to get to or we can get to a point of three out of four uh, surviving, then all of a sudden the numbers start creeping up and up and up. And it's just about understanding yeah. the, the DNA of the specific cancer because there's over a hundred. Mm. And this is why it's so difficult. It's not, 
cancer isn't like a, a uniform drug. So it's not like a, uh, it's not built, or sorry, it's not, it's not got a, a uniform virus. It's not built in one specific way. So let's take, for instance, like a paracetamol. Mm. You take a paracetamol, you know what's in that paracetamol. It's 500 milligrams of this. This is the ingredients that make up paracetamol. Mm. Brilliant. The DNA of cancer, depending on which cancer you have, is different. Yeah. So there is no set of let's call them ingredients because that's the easiest way of, of of describing it. Is is yeah. is you make tuna pasta. You put tuna in it. You put pasta in it. You put sweet corn in it. You put mayonnaise in it. You might put onion in it. That's yeah. your ingredients. With cancer, it's so different, and it's so different how it replicates and how it attacks the cells, and it's it's trying to get to a point of understanding that, which is then got me to a point of understanding that it's not quite as simple as let's just get rid of cancer. Yeah. So that for me, that has been the biggest learning of this year is that that's what I've learned. Yeah. Um, whereas even though I was doing this, I was kind of half oblivious to the fact that cancer is, it, it is it, and the way it, what it is, what it is and how it mutates and, and how it attacks our bodies and what causes it to do that. So, that's the one thing I've learned this year. And, and obviously I, I hope that people listening will, will kind of understand my food analogy, because I think that's, that's the kind of easiest way of putting it. Yeah. Um, 100% um, totally, totally agree with, with you. I, I get your analogy and, and I just hope that your goal, you know, with the help of, you know, the community and whatnot, like you get there. Do you get what I'm saying? Because it's so important. Yeah. And me as a, just, forget me this on a human level like football is literally a very small part of your life when you read no it's, it's a big part of your life now but in the grand scheme of life it's a very small no, it's, it's tiny yeah so like for you to come out and and say these things these are things that really affect people's lives so yeah. the more people we can get you know on board and and you know doing their own research and maybe donating if they can then, then the better and uh, one thing, the, the last thing I did want to say on your you, on you using your platform was I saw that you put up, I think it might have been a week or two ago, that boy that was, um, he said he didn't like his skin colour. Yeah. Listen, no, I'm not going to lie to you, yeah? Like, boy to boy, when I saw that, it touched me, you know, because, like, there's so many other other people who might say that. Do you get what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and a lot of the time we like to act like there isn't, racism around and whatnot and as an adult it's 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 bad and and it's uncomfortable having to deal with that but when a child is having to deal with that that they're coming home and saying that it's um yeah it, re it really hits home and for you as a player how important is it for you to actually show that nah i'm human too and and i understand these things and you you took you took time out your schedule to go and do that why was that important well it came about, um, uh, I, I had something pop up on my phone saying someone wants to send you a message. So I went into my, my requested messages on, on Instagram and it wasn't the, the message that I eventually read, but I was just scrolling down and, and this, this, I don't know why I clicked on this message and it was from this little boy's mum, Jehovah's mum. And when I started speaking to her, I sent her a message back um, and all she she asked me for was like, can you get like a couple of, like a, a, a 10 second video? Mm. Um, and and I was like, 
I don't think a 10 second video is going to cut it. Yeah. I'm thinking I need to have a conversation with this boy and let him know that like he is normal. Mm. He but in the same way that he's normal, he's special yeah. because everybody is special. So I I got him a shirt. I I had him a, I got him a, a little shirt and uh because I, I knew he goes to he goes to Nottingham Forest with his with his granddad, I believe it is. Mm. Um and he's a he's a big fan and he loves grabs. Um and I just, when I was speaking to his mum, his mum said he was six. Um, he was born on Christmas Day, so he's exactly the same age as my nephew. Yeah. And my nephew's mixed race as well, and he's got curly hair, and he's got light brown skin. Like, do you know what I mean? And, and the more I thought about it, and the more I looked into it, I just thought, that could be my nephew. Mm. Like, that could have been me. Mm. 24 years ago, Jesus, I'm old. 24 years ago, like, that could have been me. And and like we didn't really have access to our heroes. Like I grew up worshiping Thierry Henry, but we didn't really have access to our heroes. So I thought, you know what? It's it's the right time for me to actually go and have a conversation with this little boy because he can't hear that he's not normal and that he can't be whatever he wants to be. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not saying that because it was his best friend, his little six-year-old best friend that said to him, you can't be a footballer because you've got curly hair and you've, you're not white. Yeah. So I'm not saying that little six-year-old boy is racist because yeah. I don't believe that six-year-old boy has any idea. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a clue what he's saying. But the issue is, is that he's hearing that at home 100%. Because that can't come from anywhere else. You can't just repeat that mm. because... It has to come from somewhere. So that has to be learned behavior at home. So he's heard that. And that is the root of racism is being told these things, repeating these things and then becoming, then becoming learned behavior. So I hope that the conversation can be had after I've had that conversation, Mm -hmm. not between Jehobi and his mom, not between Jehobi and his uncle, um, or his cousin, his little cousin as well, who who's a little mixed race boy, and he he was funny as anything as well. But between maybe Jehobi's mum and Jehobi's best friend's mum, mm. or dad, or whoever it may be. But I hope that kind of thing is seen, so that we can have these conversations at at the age of six. We can say to these six year old kids, "You are all special. You are all great. Yeah. You will all have." more talent in different areas, whether that be uh, academically or, or in sports or whatever it might be, because we all have our own strengths and we all have our own weaknesses. But I hope that that conversation can be had at his school and his teachers can address that and say, look, Jehovah's good at football. Little Dylan's good at football. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like Joanne's good at Joanne's good at drawing, mm. and and Letitia's good at at uh, theatre or just anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So so everyone knows that you're special, he's special, she's special, and we all come together and we are part of this community that makes us human. Yeah, and because um, that's that's all it is. Yeah, no, no, that that is all it is, and just so people who 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 are listening to this. Like, like, don't think that you're just doing this as a media or whatnot. I can personally vouch that when I came, you know that match I was at the Charlton Blackburn one last year? Yeah. Yeah, and after, 
it was a crap game. You lot lost two 0 You lot were terrible. I'd have to. Put... <laughs> <laughs> but you, you remember the game, right? Yes. Yeah, and then um, I think you know for whatever reason, people were you, you were just fed up because you lost and you were in a bag or whatever, and you just wanted to go home. Blah blah blah. So you, you told me about that, but outside there were kids waiting for you, and I yes. kid, I was just thinking. Okay, we've seen this. They're just going to go home, get in this car and go. And you literally stayed outside and took pictures with them, spoke to them and whatnot. So I can personally vouch that this is who you really are. And it's not just a, you know, that you've lost the game or whatever, but that's not the kid's concern. The kid's concern is seeing their hero. Do you get what I'm saying? 100%. 100%. Yeah, man. So I love that. But yes, you're now at Nottingham Forest. Right. I've got questions for you, yeah? First thing, was there ever, in fact, yeah, no, let, let me ask this. Before I get into life at Nottingham, was there ever any truth in the whole going to Turkey rumours? Um, there was interest mm. and there were conversations that were had. Um, I think, to be honest, I think there was four or five clubs in Turkey um, who, who were interested, but for me to uproot and leave England, it was like the offer had to be, it had to be the right offer. It had to be the right offer and the right opportunity. So if, let's say, for instance, a, um, I can't remember who won the league out there last year, but they they were unreal. Gail Clichy's out there at, at this club, this specific club. I can't remember what the name of the club is. Oh, but yeah. if they turned around to me and said, right, look, Champions League football, this is what we're offering. This is what we want to do. This is the project. This is how we see you fitting into that project. Mm -hmm. Then fine, we can sit down and have a conversation. But it never got past the point of here's the offer. <laughs> it was it was like it was here's the offer and okay. Well, what about the project? What about the vision? Where do I fit into this? Yeah. Uh, am I going to get to speak to the manager? What's going on? Yeah. And none of that ever really happened and never really materialized. So it kind of is what it is. Like there was, I mean, I'll be honest, we had we had interest from from England, we had interest from Scotland. And when I say interest, there was interest in offers. Yeah. Like we had contract offers put on the table. So England, Scotland, America, um Turkey, Greece, mm. uh Asia. Uh, 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 Qatar, all over the place, everywhere, all over the place. Um, but it was, it was about whittling that down to what's right for me at this point in my career and in my life. And and ultimately, I, I came out with Nottingham Forest is the place that I want to be. And what was it about, you know, offer from Nottingham apart from the 150k a week? <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, you got that miles wrong. It's two hundred and fifty k a week. No, uh, <laughs> no. So, so, <laughs> nah, so, I met the manager um, after lockdown had been lifted. We had a walk around um, Regent's Park. Mm. and uh, he told me about his vision and what he wanted to do and and all of that kind of stuff and. 
I already knew a few of the boys um, from playing against them and from previous uh, clubs in my career, um, grabs especially. And I had been told that this group of boys was a really good group, an honest, good group of lads who who just wanted to, to work hard and, and win. And yeah, look, everyone knows what happened at the back end of last season. Um, results were, were bad for a period of time, um, culminating in uh, uh, no playoffs for, for the club. Um, and then we, we didn't start great. Uh, and now we have a new manager and uh, everything is really good. Yeah, really good. So, in, in saying that, you know, what is it like, like the psyche behind things where you're used to being, you know, if you don't mind me saying, top dog, top dog at Charlton, the main striker, you know, if you're fit, you're playing and you're starting. What has it been like for you now where you joined a new club, you know, you're ready to go, and for the first time in a while, you're not, you know, an automatic starter. Tell the truth, like, what has that been like for you? It's horrible. Mm. It's horrible. Like, I'll be honest, when when I met the, the manager and when I spoke to him, he told me that I was coming in to play as a front two with grabs. Yeah. It's not happened. <laughs> um, he has obviously now been, been relieved of his position. Um, and a new manager's come in and I've sat down and had a conversation with him about how he wants to play. And, and he has posed some questions to me. Mm-hmm. Now, the big thing for me is I was out of football effectively for five months. Mm-hmm. I was running and I was keeping myself in shape, but nothing can prepare you for a game of football. So I was out of football for five months. If you have a five-month injury and then you have a three-week, let's call it pre-season to get yourself back to fitness, you're going to be nowhere near it. Mm. Added to the fact that I didn't play in all of the games during that period because the manager had other people to get fit as well. Um, It kind of was a bit of a mess, to be completely honest with you, Um, whereby... and probably still nowhere near fit enough. I could go out there and play 60 minutes, but could I go out there and play 90 minutes at full tilt? Mm. Hammer and tongs, like you've seen me. Yeah. Could I go and do that? No, no, no chance. I need, I need five or six games before I'm going to be anywhere near that. Mm. Um, so all I can do is work on the opportunities that I'm afforded. Now, I'd like to think that whenever I've played, I've made a difference. Um, and that's the biggest thing I can do is, is show the right attitude, which I'm doing, and, and work hard in training, work hard in the gym, and, and then work hard when I do get my opportunities. And the other thing is, is that there's going to be plenty of opportunities, mm. including the game we've just played on Saturday against Blackburn. We've got seven games in 22, 23 days or something like that. Yeah. So we're not, we're not talking about uh, is there going to be enough time for you to actually go and play? Yeah, there is, because we've got a condensed season and the same number of games to play. Mm. So there's going to be plenty of games. I will get fit. And when the chance comes, it's then up to me to take that chance and keep the shirt. Yeah. So 
it's a very different kind of mindset that I have to have where I'm the one doing the chasing now yeah. rather than being the one who's being chased. Yeah. Um, but people seem to think, and I've had plenty of plenty of snarky comments from, from idiots who haven't got a clue about who I am or my actual attitude. Mm. People seem to think that, oh, haha, you're not playing, you're useless, and you're now just a glorified bench warmer. Mm. No, 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 no. All right, count me out, go on, I dare you. See what happens. Yeah. But it's... these are the same idiots, these, but these are the same idiots that would have me back in their team or in their team at the drop of a hat. Mm. So just let them keep talking. Um, it's, it's, it's so funny because they obviously know that you're a top, top player. They obviously know it, but they, I can see it burns them that you've left. <laughs> I can see it burns them because you can put up anything. You can put up great result, I'm happy we won, and it's like they're just waiting, they're just waiting for you to post and then they just... Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely bro, bro i posted i posted about this right i posted about this and all of a sudden i'm getting people putting snake emojis on it i'm thinking this is about charity this is nothing to do with football yeah. like, what is wrong with you <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's so funny because i know and um i need to dig out the podcast to find you where for me personally when i looked at the championship and i looked at um like the strikers that are there i've put you in my top five for the for the like goal scorers because I'm not just saying that because you're cool now, but I I proper like rate you and like I've been to your game like I talk to you regularly and I know what you're on for me it was actually quite surprising that you didn't end up in Prem honestly I I, I really thought a, a Prem team would take a punt on you do you get what I'm saying and um but your time will come and one thing that I did want to ask you to kind of touched on it like, why do you think there's this almost like a stubbornness, with all due respect, to, to stick to a certain formation when you have two hot strikers in the league? <laughs> you have two hot strikers in the league who could bag 20 goals each, but you just stay so stubborn. Like, wouldn't it be the better option to just play to your strengths? And even within the team, you've got real create. You've got real creativity. Do you get what I'm saying? So, why do you think there is this stubbornness? Why not just go and just do two up top? I can only assume you assume you're talking about the previous manager. And at this point, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know because that's what I was told upon like the conversation being started about me joining the football club was that this is how we're going to go and that's what we want to play. So I, I honestly, I don't know. I think he, he made a comment about me not being fit enough, um, which fine, tell that that's fine. I'm not fit enough, but if I'm not playing games, I'm not allowed to play in the 23s and like, what, what can I do? Yeah. Like I'm doing extra running. I'm I'm doing everything over and above that I'm I've been set to do. And like I'll be honest with you, I, I've been working on all sorts of stuff off the pitch um, to be stronger and fitter and, and better. Um, and it it just didn't it didn't work. Right at the end of the day, the manager thought. He he did what he thought was best for for us as a team and the football club. Um, 
ultimately the, the the people who own the football club deemed that not to be um, in alignment with their interests and and as in as as in all football and all football clubs the the manager was uh, was thanked and and moved on um, and now we have we have a a, a new manager and, and a manager who who knows this league got the back of his hands uh, I think he's been promoted out of it twice um, and. He is, by all accounts, a very good guy. Mm. Um, and look, if if we're all pulling in the right direction, I see no reason as to why we can't bridge the gap between where we are and where we want to be, mm. um, and 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 achieve. Because he is going to have us physically at it, mentally at it, and if that's the case, then we have enough quality in the squad to 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 win games. Um, and it's it's as simple as that. Like you said, you, you definitely have the quality to to win the games, and it's so mad how even people who may not even watch Championship football that much, they all knew that Notts Forest was struggling. That's how mm. much. That's how much like of a sure thing that you not. That how much of a sure thing it would be that you guys would would hit the ground running. You know, you made yeah. some so you got. Cyrus Christie, obviously, he's coming. You've got Lockhart, you've got Freeman, you've got yourself. On top of that, you've got the players who are already there. Oh, yeah, can yeah. I just... I spoke about this last week, or whenever. You see Samba Soya? Mm-hmm. Absolute madness. Ab- he's a destroyer. Yeah, absolute madness. <laughs> like, whenever I watch him, even, even before, if, if he's going for a tackle, I'm already like... Oh, don't, 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 bro. Last last week, last week in training, right? A ball got a ball got whipped across the box, and I kind of half went. Oh, I don't really think that's for me. And the next thing I know, Samba's gone in at like knee height with his head, and and, and he's just been clattered. And I'm looking at him, thinking, "You must be dead. Hundred percent, you gotta be dead." Oh, at least knocked out. My man just rolled over, got up, and just ran off laughing. I'm thinking, what is going on? Like, what? Like, seriously, he is. He is. I swear to you, he is a destroyer. Yeah, he, that is what he is. He is a destroyer. Honestly, I, I don't think there's anyone else in the league that can do what he does better than. And that's no. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no one, and I just want to say that. But yeah, you guys do have the quality to to bounce back from this. Um, obviously, you got the win over the weekend. Um, when I watched the highlight, I'm gonna lie to you, it wasn't, it wasn't. I didn't really feel like you guys battered them, or but at the end, mm. don't matter. You got the win, which was, which was the most. Yeah. You got the win, which was the most important thing. But onto tomorrow. Yeah. Who you guys got tomorrow? Rotherham tomorrow. So you got Rotherham. Oh my god, Mikel plays for them actually. Um, do you know Mikel? No. Mikel Miller. Mikel. Oh, they just sat another. Oh, okay. He's um. No. I was with him at Carl Shorten. but um, yeah. What's your what's your what's the attitude in the camp? Obviously, you've got your win now. What's the attitude like in the camp tomorrow? We've got to go and win. We're at home. We've got to go and win the game. Um, they will come and they will graft. We know that they will graft, and they have, they have their own qualities, um, and they're they're a good team. 
there's no givens in this league at all. Mm. Um, so there, there's no game you can look at and go, yeah, we, we beat them. Not a problem. There's not one single game like that. The teams that have come up, you look at Wickham, you look at Rotherham, they are that they they have their own game plan. They're different. They are different, the game plans, but they have their own game plan. And I don't think you'll see many teams working harder than Rotherham work. So that has to be the 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 base level and the of, of everything. You build from that point of we're not going to be outworked. Yeah. And then you say, okay, right now we're we're going to look to, to get to a point where our quality shows through and you can ultimately create more chances and win the game by scoring more goals. But you have to start with that base level and it's you do not get outworked. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be difficult because Rotherham work hard. They work very, very hard. Ain't it crazy how, no matter how much quality you get in, no matter how much talent you have in your team, the, the basics of just outwork your opposition just always come through. It's the basis of everything in life. Mm. Is is you if if you want to do better than somebody who is on the same uh, playing field as you, you have to outwork them. Mm. And and football football is no different. The, the work is slightly different. We're talking uh, psychologically. You have to outwork them and outmaneuver them, and physically you have to outrun them. Mm. And for us to do that, we're we're, go- we're going to have to get get to it and 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 I think there is no way we win the game tomorrow without outworking them mm. um, so we have to outwork them and then we have to show the quality that we have which we do have because some of these players are honestly unbelievable yeah yeah no anyway I hope you guys win I really want to see you climbing up the table um, thank you I do think that Playoffs is easily still achievable. It's still early days anyway. And you guys might just end up going on a bloody five game, five, six, seven, eight game win mm. streak. And all of a sudden, you're up there. And when I look at the league, like in seasons gone by, like the last two, you look at Leeds, who are, who are always sort of just going to run away with it. And yeah, I don't see that this year. I feel yeah. like anyone can literally, can literally come mm. and then. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But um, very quickly, I'm, I'm curious to know, what's Anthony Knockhart like? Because when I see him play, he looks like he's got tons of ability. But what's he actually like up close as a player? I don't know yet. Um, we haven't actually seen him. No, we haven't actually we haven't actually seen him yet. From, from what I can gather, there's been... Um, stuff that needs to be done, i.e., like fitness tests and this and that, mm. and whatever that, that, that has to be done as part of the protocol to then be coming into training. So, mm. as far as I'm aware, that's what's going on at the moment. Um, but then, by the same token, he signed on was it Saturday, Friday, yeah, Friday, probably. Uh, and then we were away anyway, we were in the hotel. So we played the game Saturday, come back, and then it, like yesterday was our like recovery session, yeah. and then today we've done a light session because yeah. it's like the game's tomorrow. So there's not really been a lot of training going on. So I assume as well, alongside that, it's a case of getting him up to speed and getting ready and fit, and that he's he's ready to hit the ground running. So that's all done by whoever does that, and we just kind of take care of of our side of it. I'm proper looking forward to seeing that. 
for you guys because yeah man when you look at your squad in years gone by no disrespect to any anyone but your squad could easily be someone and a bottom um, a, a team at the bottom end of the Premier League if that makes sense yeah based on quality and, and the players you have in it just goes yeah. to, just goes to show the difference in in a couple of years in the quality of the championship okay. have you noticed have you noticed it over the years so I've more noticed it in 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 League One um but what you tend to notice is before you notice the quality of the players, you tend to notice the size of the clubs. So you look at, at League One. Adam Armstrong said that last week as well, actually. Funny enough. So you, you look at League One and like in the last, excluding last season, obviously I was in the championship, but the my last two years at Wimbledon and my first year at Charlton, we're playing against the Wiggins of this world, the Sunderlands of this world, Portsmouths, uh, Rotherhams, um, Charltons. Yeah. When I was at Wimbledon, so so like we're talking about big, big football clubs here, um, and I think what's going to happen is as the money from the Premier League keeps filtering down and down, and teams get relegated and don't go straight back up, you're going to end up with bigger clubs and bigger stadiums and bigger fan bases and, and better players playing further and further down the ladder because the standard of player is getting better. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that now, now you've got the wage cap and all of this, you're finding there's, there's so many players without jobs. Mm. There's so many players without work and they can't find jobs because right, the way they look at it, if they've been playing in a championship or in the Premier League is, well, I don't want to go down to League One and earn two grand a week because that's all that's being offered. And look, don't get me wrong, two grand a week is a hell of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But when you've earned 20, 25 grand a week for the most of your career or for a prolonged period, these players will look at that and go, it's not worth moving my family to wherever I'd have to move them to and going through all of that kind of hassle. So I do wonder what is going to happen now with League One and League Two, because I think the clubs that come up from League Two to League One will be okay because the difference in money isn't going to be that big. Mm. But then the clubs that are coming up from League One to the Championship, I wonder how they are going to be able to stay up and then establish themselves because at the end of the day, let's call them smaller clubs, they're always going to have the threat of, well, if we go down, we're going to have to cut our wages from however many millions to two and a half million. Mm. So it's very, very difficult now. And they're talking about wage cap coming in in the championship. And look, I understand that for the sustainability of football, that that is what's necessary, Um, especially in this current period where we have no fans in the stadiums, which I think is absolutely ridiculous when you've got people going to the opera, Mm. you've got, you've got, you've got crowds that strictly come dancing. Yeah. But you can't have people in a football stadium, which is outside. Really? I was going to bring that up to you, actually, because obviously right now you're playing without fans, but it's actually like, you actually know the reasoning behind it, because it's actually crazy how, like you said, in in all of these places, I I went to the gym today, bloody ram, Mm. bloody ram in that gym. Do you know what I mean? And you can go to 
a stadium, let's say the stadium has a capacity of 20,000, but if you offer a reduced capacity of just 10,000, you're mm. equally able to still be socially distant and it just makes no sense. So, like, do you actually know why they're, they're staying so, like, so strong on this point? I haven't got a clue. And it makes no sense because it's like, I see, I see students um, going out in, in groups and I see them walking down the streets and I see people like stood outside the pubs. There's a pub literally up the road and I've seen 50 people, 100 people stood outside of it. And I'm thinking, no one's really socially distancing there. It doesn't seem to really be a problem to anyone who owns the pub because they're not really saying anything. And anybody who's outside isn't really saying anything. But you can go in a group of six, but you can't go in a group of seven. Yeah. But what if seven people live in your house? Yeah. Or you leave one of them at home? Like I just it doesn't make sense to me. And then and then they talk about our oh, COVID cases are rising and blah 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 and all of this. No, no, no. A COVID case is when somebody's hospitalized. A COVID case isn't a positive test. Mm. Because you can have a million people test positive, but if only one person's in the hospital, how many COVID cases have you got? Mm. You've not got a million. Mm. You might have a million who, you might have half a million who are asymptomatic. You might have the other half a million or 499,999 who are in bed for two days with the flu. Mm. But one person is in hospital. So you have one case. You don't have a million cases. Mm. And then you see the government are saying, okay, right, well, these are the death numbers today. A hundred people have died within 28 days of testing positive for coronavirus. Okay, but have they have they died from coronavirus? Mm. Because you can't, people die of the flu and people die of pneumonia. You don't die with pneumonia, mm. do you? If you get hit by a car and you've got pneumonia, do they go, he died, he died with pneumonia. No, no, no. You died because you got hit by a car. You, pneumonia didn't kill you. It might have killed you, mm. but you died because you got hit by a car and your head is now all over the pavement. <laughs> like, is coronavirus killing these people or are they dying with coronavirus? Because their terminology is he's dying with it mm. or she's dying with it or that person is dying with it. This person isn't dying of it. But now we're now so worried about this thing and it's because of mainstream media that we're so worried about this mm-hmm. that like, it's like all, all our own natural thought processes have gone out the window. Mm. And it's, it's actually scary how this has happened because like, if you actually look at what they're doing and look at the way they're presenting these numbers and go on the, official, the, the ONS website, the uh, Office for National, of National Statistics, They'll tell you that these are the COVID, this is the COVID numbers, but it includes pneumonia and flu. Mm. Oh, okay. So is it COVID or is it pneumonia or is it the flu? Because the flu kills, the, and, and, and now we're getting to this time of the year where the flu actually does start killing people. And don't get me wrong, the flu wipes out the old, it wipes out the vulnerable. And who has been dying from coronavirus? The old and the vulnerable. Now, I looked at the other day, and this was, this was about six weeks ago, actually. From February until six weeks ago, how many people under the age of 19 with no comorbidities had died of coronavirus? Not that many, actually. Four. Mm. Four. 
how many under 14, uh, sorry, under 40 had died from coronavirus with no comorbidities? 19. So now we actually get to a point of realizing that this isn't just the virus. This is other things in play. It's mm. not the virus is killing people. It's the virus and the cocktail of illnesses that people have, whether they're asthmatic or diabetic or whatever it may be. And that's not me saying that these people don't matter because everyone yeah. matters. Mm-hmm. Every single life matters. But by the same token, let's not make out like coronavirus is going to be the be all and end all when the flu is killing just as many people each year, but we don't shut the world down because of that. We didn't shut the world down because of SARS-1. We didn't shut the world down because of bird flu. Why? But why are we shutting the world down now? And it's getting worse again. This is now the problem. They talk about this second wave. No, 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 no. It's all nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I can tell you, you really, um, you really thought about this. <laughs> no, no, I've, honestly, I, I got to the point of being so sick and tired of people telling me this and telling me that, that I was like, no, 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 I will look into this myself. So I started looking into it and I have been looking into it. And it's just, it's so frustrating because everybody wants to get back to normality, but we can't get back to normality because we're not allowed. Mm. So if they open football stadiums and say, right, you don't have to go to football, by the way. Like, nobody's nobody putting a gun to your head and saying, you will go to football. Yeah. So if they open football stadiums and say, look, you can go to football if you want. If you want to wear a mask, you can. If you don't, then not a problem. But they're not. They're just saying, no, you can't have, you can't have football stadiums open. What, what are you on about football stadiums? What is football? And do you know what's crazy? What's crazy? These matches behind closed doors. I went to one the other week here. Yeah. I went to a match behind closed doors. There's people there. <laughs> <laughs> of course there are. Yeah. Do you get what I'm So any, because what it is, is anybody who puts money into a football club, whether that be sponsorship or whatever it may be, they're allowed. Yeah. Why are they allowed? Well, because they're a sponsor. Okay, but why are they any different to anyone else? Mm. Because the fan pays his money the sponsor might pay a little bit more money, but the fan still pays his money. And the fan probably pays his money for a longer period of time, meaning that fan puts more money into the football club anyway. Mm-hmm. But the sponsor's allowed in, but the fan isn't. Yeah. And I think everyone's just got to the point now, I saw Ian Wright wrote about it, he wrote a column about it. And I think everybody's just got to the point of just open the stadiums because you're going to end up doing even more damage to football in general and people's mental health and, and mental well-being than, than the number of people you're saving from this virus. Yeah, that, and it's definitely one one that they should just do because if you look at every every other aspect of life, it, it's being allowed to carry on. It's being allowed to, to go about for some reason. But it's just, it gets back, it comes back to that thing where, where they always put footballers or football as you know, the be you and end when they put it on such a pedestal, like when they were talking about it's meant to be a political thing, but they'll talk about football having to take wage cuts. Do you know what I mean? There's always yeah. there's, there's always something about football where it goes away from the norm. So for me, they need to open up, they need to open up the stadiums. And you know, they're talking about um I saw something about a, a loan or a bailout that they that the League One and League Two clubs have rejected, but to be totally honest, a lot of those clubs, well, I don't know just for a fact, but a lot of those clubs would be okay if they were allowed fans. 
Oh, 100%. If the fans are allowed back in, these clubs will be fine. Yeah. But this is, so this is the issue, right? Footballers are a very, very easy target. We are a very easy target. Mm-hmm. So the top, the highest earning 250 footballers in this country right now mm-hmm. earn four times less. I believe it's about two and a half billion a year they earn between them. Mm-hmm. They earn four times less than the highest 250 paid bankers who earn 10 billion. Wow. In this country, mm. but they want to come for us. Why? Why do they want to come for us? Yeah. Why? Because their friends are these bankers. These mm. multi-billionaires and, and multi-millionaires are, are, are their friends. These are the circles that they work in and they, 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 they roll in, as it were. So they're not going to come for their friends. The same way I'm not going to come for footballers because I'm one of the group. We are... Uh, okay, we're not a family, but we are a group and we're all in this together. We're a union. Mm. Like, if if we start infighting, then it's going to cause all manner of problems. But let's just conveniently forget that the same 250 bankers, highest earning bankers in this country, earn four times the money. Mm. But we'll, we'll forget that because it just doesn't fit the agenda. Yeah. But what can you do? I mean, hopefully. Um, is there anything scheduled in regards to that decision? If um... Nothing that I've heard. It was supposed to be the 1st of October. They were going to start allowing fans back in in their couple of thousand, few thousand, whatever it might be. But I think they were talking about a third of your capacity because that way you could still, and no away fans, and that way you could still be socially distanced. Yeah. So we'd be able to have about 9,000 fans in the stadium, um, which would be amazing. Yeah. Honestly, like I've played in front of 4,000 and 3,000 and 6,000 at Wimbledon and, and it was like like this isn't a very big crowd but mm. now I'm looking at 9,000 going oh my god that'd be amazing <laughs> so I suppose everything's about perspective yeah um, when you go and you play away when I was at Wimbledon you go you go away and you play in front of 14,000 people at Wigan let's say for example mm. it's like oh my god you're looking around and there's just so many people and it's great mm. And then all of a sudden we're, we're not even playing in front of, we're probably playing in front of about 50 people at the moment. Yeah. And of those 50 people, 40 of them are footballers. Yeah. Right? Do you know what I mean? So you've got your squad, their squad, a few extra players that aren't in the squad. Yeah. So like we're, we're playing in front of literally no one. And it is so, it's so bad. Well, I was going to say, yeah, because when football came back, you obviously wasn't playing. Mm. Obviously, wasn't playing. So now you've come back now, new season. What was it like for you, like that first match in front of no one? Was it like it was, hor- it was horrible? It was horrible, right? <laughs> so there was a point we were sat on the bench. Um, this was at half time actually. Uh, so for a couple of minutes, like everyone's gone in or whatever, and we were sat on the bench, right? And we were at QPR, and. <laughs> We were playing a game on the bench, right? Because there was nothing going on or whatever. We were playing this game on the bench. Like, the planes come into land over the opposite stand. So you can see, like, the planes coming into land at Heathrow. And we were playing. And we were playing. Like, will the plane go behind the stand before it gets to the corner? Like, this is is what we were playing. Because it was like, what what else have we got going on? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it's like 
during the breaks in the games and stuff like that, you get an injury or whatever, you're just looking around going, Jesus Christ, this is crap. Like, this is so crap. You can't hear anything. Nobody's abusing anyone. Like, nobody's singing a song. You must miss that. Even the away fans just chirping at you. Oh, I love the away fans chirping up at me. It's yeah. great. Like, that. that's, that's, that's honestly most of the fun for me. Yeah, it makes it just makes it so much better when you score goals. But it's like I just want just want some 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 atmosphere now, and and we're all saying the same thing. All of us just want some atmosphere, and we have got to the point of we've had enough. But there's not really a great deal we can do. So, but what do you do? Yeah, well, you know. So tomorrow you said you've got Rotherham at home. Um, Hopefully you guys go and, and do a job. Hopefully you bag. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I'm a try. I'm a try. Hopefully <laughs> uh, you bag. I think you will. You know what? I'm I'm gonna stick my neck out. I think you're gonna score tomorrow. Um, yeah, I think you're gonna score tomorrow. And then, uh, but thanks for this chat, man. No, it's obviously for those that have just come onto this podcast. You've actually been at my live show. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You, you yes. It was actually this time last year. You spoke at my you spoke at my live show. So and you know you were well received and I'm happy to have you back on. I don't ever I feel like I hope I don't ever pressure you to come back on, do I? No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all okay, good. Cool. Yeah, so um yeah, I, I want nothing but the best for you, man. Like you're you're a top man, and I think my whole thing behind having this podcast as well is to bridge the gap between player and um and fans and whatnot because traditional yeah. traditional media won't allow you to do that so no, uh, no it won't yeah they won't they won't allow you to do that. <clears throat> i'm glad that i've had you on and a lot a lot more people can can come and and see for themselves do you know what i mean so anyway yeah thanks for this hope, hope you've had fun and um yeah those watching at home keep liking subscribing sharing Get at me in the comments and stuff like that. Um, are you tweeting yet? Are, are you last? I'm tweet? not. I'm, I'm not tweeting at the moment. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm not tweeting at the moment. I just I can't be dealing with the hassle. To be it's honest, it's so with funny. It's so funny. Like you can put on your Instagram, and I feel like that one you can take it or whatever. If you tweet, the sky is blue. Literally. Oh. <laughs> Literally, Bro. and the thing is, I know sometimes I've seen you when, when you were tweeting, and I can see that it's there's banter, but then there's always those those idiots who just take it too far, and and always. yeah, always. anyway, we'll see. But this is probably come out tomorrow, by the way. Or would you prefer, right, cool. prefer it to come out Wednesday? Whenever you want, bro. It's up to you. Okay, cool. Because obviously, anyway, you ain't gonna lose. You're gonna win tomorrow, anyway. You're gonna win. You lot turned the corner. You lot turned the corner. But yeah. Love for that now. And um, yeah, man, I'm sure I'll be chatting to you. Guys. Cheers, my bro. Take care.